This is WLRN News. I'm Sammy Mack. Gunshot wounds are the second leading cause of death among children and teenagers in Florida and the United States. But there are far more survivors. In Miami-Dade County, if a young gunshot victim makes it to the trauma center, the odds are close to 9 in 10 that they'll live. There are people who are trying to change this. People who are trying to help kids survive by preventing the violence in the first place. And one of the ways they do that is by loading a bunch of teenage boys with weapons convictions into a van after school and driving them to a funeral home. All right, so pretty much this is what you guys should expect at the funeral home. That voice you hear is Renee Gamboa. He's the program coordinator of something called the GATE program. Mr. Range is going to talk to you guys a little bit. He's going to want you guys to introduce themselves. What your name is, what brought you to the program. But remember, like I said, you don't have to be specific. You can just say the reason why you're there. Just a weapon offense, that's it. For 17 years, GATE has served as a diversion program for teenage offenders, most of them with gun charges. Instead of going to jail, most of these young men have a court order to spend six months in this program. What I want to ask you guys is, what is the one thing that you guys took out of it? I didn't care. He didn't care at first. Mason is a junior in high school and a graduate of the program. We're not using his real name because he's afraid sharing his story could get him shot. Even when his court-mandated time was up, Mason stuck around. Now he volunteers as a peer mentor with GATE. But in the beginning, he didn't buy it. You could tell me so-and-so died at, at that point when I was starting at the program, or my mother just died and I would just have this blank face and not even feel sad or cry about it. I would just be like, okay, what am I going to eat? You know, that's, That was kind of my mental state at that time. Mason got referred to Gate when officers found a knife in his backpack at school. Then they found pictures of him with guns on his phone. By then, he had been selling drugs and carrying guns for a couple of years. He'd lost some friends to gun violence, and he'd been shot at himself. It was late at night. My mother thinks I'm safe and sound asleep, and I actually snuck out. We were just having fun. So we were in the car, and out of nowhere, we just got rained of bullets in our car. We all just basically ducked. Physically, Mason was okay, but over the years he's lost four friends to shootings. By the time he got busted with that knife in his backpack, he didn't believe he'd live to 17. I kind of knew like one of us is going to die or a couple of us is going to die or all of us are going to die. So yeah, when a judge sent him to the gate program where he had to take classes two nights a week, hand over his cell phone and talk about his feelings, he wasn't into it. What our kids are dealing with, a large contingency of them, absolutely. If they don't have mood disorders, they definitely have an anxiety disorder or post-traumatic stress disorder. Renee Gamboa says these things often go undiagnosed. If there is a mental health diagnosis, it's more likely to be for attention deficit disorder or something that might be a little more obvious in school. But the teenagers he sees who have experienced this kind of trauma, they don't ask for help. It's reflected more in, you know what, I, you, you made me hurt, I'm going to make you hurt more. And so what happens is a cyclical act of uh, senseless gun violence. Along with the funeral home, the boys from Gate visit a hospital trauma center. They tour the morgue with the county medical examiner. They visit a nursing home where they hear from a middle-aged man left paraplegic by bullet wounds as a teenager. For Mason, something clicked when he listened to that man. And he kind of looked at me with a face expression like, you're lost. And I don't know why you're lost because I know you could be great. And when he told me that, I was just thinking, I'm a bad kid. What are you talking about? I could be something. 
After that, Mason says he began paying attention in class. He started severing ties to his old gang. Leaving the gang has been complicated and dangerous, but his focus now is on mentoring other teens. Over the course of six months, the things that might click are different for each gate program participant. In a burgundy-colored viewing room at the funeral home, manager Patrick Range tells the group about two brothers he buried just months apart. It's not fun for me to have to sit with somebody's mother, somebody's grandmother, and try to arrange funeral services for somebody that, that should be here. That's not the natural course of life. But this is not an in-your-face, scared-straight approach. Range explains the business at funeral homes. He hopes the dry facts will stir something in these boys. In a room lined with urns and casket samples, Range tells the group a nice casket in a cemetery plot can easily cost $15,000. He asks them to think about what that kind of bill would mean for their families. We give them, you know, whatever options that we can. If you look around behind you on this side... One young man interrupts. Containers that we have. $95 for a cardboard box? You gotta pay for that, asks one of the boys? Uh Absolutely. The next day, the young men meet in a classroom at the gate offices. Mimi Sutherland leads a discussion about what they learned. She asks what surprised them the most. They say the prices. Of what? Caskets, uh, arrangements, and stuff like that. Gate calls this a processing class. After each field trip, the participants get to digest what they've just seen and look for meaning in it. Sutherland ends class with a writing assignment. I want you to write a eulogy. How do you want to be remembered if you died right now? Who are you as a person? What would you like to say to your family? And what would you like them to say about you? So at the top, put your name and write the word eulogy. Do you need some help to spell it? Yeah. E-U-L-O-G-Y. She asks the boys if they want to read what they've written. They don't. Sutherland founded the GATE program. Until she retired 10 years ago, she was also a neurosurgery nurse at Jackson Memorial Hospital. She was tired of seeing young men harmed by gun violence. I don't want the first suit you wear to be the one in a coffin that your mom buys. How sad is that? How sad is that? Sutherland makes a point of building these young men up. Mason says before getting here, his role models were slightly older gang leaders. They were raising me. Just like how you raise a dog to be, you know, like a guard dog or whatever. They were teaching me how to be a killer, basically. They just want me to be another kid with a gun in the streets. And then he came to gate. They didn't see me as a bad person. They only saw me as a a young child who made a mistake. And that's it. We're moving on forward from there. Last year, 35 kids went through the gate program. Between 80 and 85 percent of participants complete the program. Right now, it costs about $3,500 per person, all through county funding. They're waiting to hear about a grant that would let them bring in around 70 participants instead of 35 and open an office in South Dade. That's where more and more of their clients have been coming from. Mason wishes Gate didn't need more spots for teens like him. We hope that one day the, the county tells us, you know, there's no more juvenile rest that you guys have to leave. We'll love to hear that one day. The GATE program anticipates additional funding will come through by midsummer. This is WLRN News. I'm Sammy Mack.